0: Happy Hour, the podcast where we sip, savor, and spill the tea on all things cocktails. It's time to raise a glass and welcome the man who always knows how to mix up a good time, my brother and co-host, Ben Henry.
1: How's it going, Ben? It's going well. It's going very well. I'm I'm very, very chipper today. You know what I think it is? I think today I'm finally can... over. Wait, what did you say? Three-day weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh. No, that's not it. Uh, um, <laughs> no, it's because, it's because, Matthew, I'm finally getting over that diet that I was on. Like, oh, I think goodness. the hanger has finally worn off. And, um, yeah. But but anyway, so, so that was uh, another intro written by ChatGPT. I'm pretty sure that spill the tea is slang for something.
0: I think it's it's gossip,
1: right? Like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, gossip. Yeah, that, I knew that. And uh we don't that's not really what we do on the show, right? Like we might make a Long Island iced tea, right? <laughs> we might we might we might use tea in a mm-hmm. cocktail. I don't yeah. think we have, but that is an excellent ingredient. Get on that, Matthew. You should put I will, tea I will.
0: in your uh, cocktails. There are some actually really good cocktails out there that involve yeah, some tea and I, I some agree. syrups.
1: Yeah. I I agree. I mm-hmm. agree. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, we're not a gossip show we, we spill cocktails, not tea. And, okay. um, yeah. And the other thing was, is that I'm always what? Shaking up a good time, stirring up a good time.
0: Is that what it said? I wasn't paying attention.
1: <laughs> you don't even remember. You don't even remember <laughs> what you wrote, what you read. Oh, mix up a good time. Mix yeah. up a good time. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, I'm a know. ball I of sunshine. you. Yeah. You are. I'm always like, man, Ben sure
0: knows how to mix up a good time. I don't know that
1: I'm a ball of sunshine. What is the opposite no. of sunshine that still makes you laugh? Um, a jester. Okay, I'm a jester. I'm a grumpy, curmudgeonly jester. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Yeah. No, I'm I'm doing well.
0: Uh, you know, as same with you, I know we've got uh, graduations coming up for. Oh our- yeah our eldest children. And, uh, so that has been the preoccupation for the last uh, few days with, you know, um, like yesterday I had to pay for my daughter's dress. That's going to go under her graduation gown. And, uh, and then I had to go to the craft store, uh, and get her some lettering that she's going to decorate the hat the her mm. graduation mm-hmm. cap mm-hmm. and uh yeah so like
1: it's just taken over our lives but right. uh
0: you know luckily there's alcohol to help me get through me through this
1: so yeah yeah i think the teenagers feel the same way <laughs> wait what no <laughs> no no i didn't not, say not. that that's didn't. horrible That's i have don't do I that i
0: have good kids they they load up on the caffeine uh, Dutch oh really Bros for the win yeah my you know, kids they're...
1: are such goody goodies that they don't even drink caffeine. They just drink water. Only one of them even drinks milk. Uh, you know, the other yeah. one's like, uh milk is like, you know, milk's the reason why the boomers are Satan's children or something like that." Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't keep up with it. it. It's just, you know, I don't know. But anyway, the, the, yeah. I mean, such goody goodies. Which I guess is like the, the the what is true about the children of of this era is is that they're all like they're all goody goodies. They never go outside. They never do anything dangerous. But they also are like I don't know the worst generation ever because every isn't that isn't the next generation always yeah. the worst generation ever? every yeah. generation is the worst generation ever yeah that is true yeah. that is true and I think that's probably true of uh, Gen Xers except for the fact that nobody remembers that we exist <laughs> yeah they just gloss right over us <laughs> yeah so <that's what laughs> forget just all about that. it well, so sad so sad all right well you know as I mentioned mm-hmm. it is a
0: three day weekend yes. And um, you know, we record on a Sunday, and
1: Monday is uh, Memorial Day. That's right. It was it, Memorial Day. you've you just you've just let the cat out of the bag. You've let the magic dwindle, Matthew. <sighs> Everybody now knows that we record our podcast four days in advance. and Memorial Day was like three days ago. But yes, it it's, is a three day weekend as you and I now speak. Okay, I, was that a, was that a secret? I didn't. Realize I don't. It was I a don't secret. know that it's, it's. People have probably cracked the code, Matthew. I think. Yeah.
0: Now. Right. Yeah. 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 Just because you know we got too many things going on in the, during the week, so we that gotta we gotta we gotta just get our time on on a Sunday true. and that is and, true. And, and, and But folks, it, it does but, mean
1: we're drinking a lot of cocktails on Sundays.
0: Oh, so many,
1: so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: my favorite day of the week. Uh, anyway, it's a long day. Anyway, it's a three day weekend. It is a 3 day, and traditionally, on Memorial Day, uh, Americans have been known to hit the grill. You know, uh, put some uh, burgers on the on the grill or whatever. and so my my question to you today is, what's your favorite grilled food, and mm. what cocktail
1: would you pair with it? Oh, my, This is a hard choice, Matthew. I love grilled foods. and in mm. fact, i don't I don't think I grill enough. Uh, yeah. there I, there isn't a vegetable that that I've eaten that isn't better when it's grilled. Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying my favorite grilled food is a vegetable. (laughs) Please, no, 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 no. no. But that's what I'm just saying. Like the grill makes everything better. Uh, So, in fact, one of my favorite, but not my very favorite, is grilled corn on the cob. I love that. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. You brush it with some herbed butter while it's grilling. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes. But uh, but no, we know this is about the meats, right? Um, I love a grilled hot dog. Not going to lie, I love a grilled hot dog. Uh, I also love grilled chicken, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly like a nice thigh. But mm-hmm. I think my favorite grilled food would be something like a tri-tip. Yes. You know? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with tri-tip. I'm going to go with beef tri-tip uh, for our listeners who are vegans or, you know, anything of the sort. Um, I mean, A nice Impossible with, Burger. You know, already good. knew. What I was about. This is not a surprise to you folks. No, no, this is not a surprise to you folks. But yeah, that's my favorite. What would I pair with it? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I honestly, I think a really good beer would go well with tri-tip. Um, oh sure. So so something like a. Um, I don't personally like generally drink IPAs. I, I think um, I think they're just bitter and gross. Um, but I there are a few that I do like. I like a double API, like uh, if you're going to go for a well-known one, Racer 5. Um, I like a white wheat beer with it, so maybe something like a, um, uh, why am I? I'm blanking on it. Um, Well, Russian River? Russian River, yeah. Yeah. The Pliny the Younger or Pliny the Elder? Well, those are both excellent, yes. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm thinking of something else, but uh, maybe I will remember, and I'll make (laughs) you edit it in. Okay, <laughs> or maybe right. I'll just say it at the end of the show. Uh, so no, but I think a, a cocktail that I would go with that. Ooh, that's you putting me on the spot, man. You putting yeah. me on the spot. You might have to like cut out some silences while I think about this. Hold on, let okay. me think about this for twenty minutes. Okay. Wow, Matthew. I'm sorry that took way longer than twenty minutes. Um, but wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> I fell asleep there. Sorry. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. Sorry. Yes. Um. I. I. I'm just gonna go with a simple whiskey sour. Um. Probably a bourbon sour is okay. is what I would do. Um. I might even go with a a New York sour. Um. With Ooh, a little nice wine red top, wine huh? float on top of it. Yeah. I. I think yeah. that's what I would do. Um. Uh, and. Uh, and I'd keep them coming. You know. Like. Oh just sure. Three of or four course. of them. Yeah. That's right. That's what I do. You
0: don't get to be like loud Uncle Ben without a few drinks in you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not true. (laughs) I don't need any drinks to be the loud Uncle Ben. (laughs) That's
0: true. That's true.
1: How about you? What is your favorite grilling food? So,
0: uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned tri-tip because I actually have a favorite tri-tip recipe. It's a marinade that has tequila and lime as its main ingredients. Well, then a margarita goes with that. Exactly. So so I throw this. I marinate it overnight throw it on the grill get the the, well first yeah so you first you you sear it like in a pan and then I throw it on the grill and let the you know let it really just cook and you know nice medium rare or rare Uh, it's so good and the, the outside has this crust that has this uh tequila lime kind of flavor as you're biting into it so good and and so then you uh yeah you have to go margarita with that, uh, you know. However, if I were to deviate from that, instead of a sour, I think I might go with a smash, you know, being kind of a summer kind of thing with some fruit and, you know, smash maybe, I don't know, like some uh, berries and some 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 lemon and and uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's just uh, just the thing about a smash—you can explore, you can experiment. So
1: watermelon margarita smash. Oh, there you oh, go. Sorry. Well, well, watermelon tequila
0: smash. Yes there, you, there go. you go there you go all right so that's that's my favorite and I'm I might actually be doing that tomorrow so
1: or last few days ago sorry people uh, <laughs> all right you know what time it is uh, it's I mean right now it's like if people are listening to this it's like seven o'clock in the morning when we release it. right yeah right yeah. right actually yeah. it's time for oh
0: tip, tip of, the of the day. day! Tip of the day. Tip of the day. <laughs> and, you know, one thing we haven't really talked a lot about uh, on this podcast is bitters. And I thought, because today the cocktail that I'm introducing actually uses two different types of bitters. And so I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about that. And, and uh, bitters can be such an important part of your cocktail journey. They are like the seasoning uh, to a, a good cocktail. And they can take a cocktail that's, that's you know, fine... Uh, to something that adds depth and complexity uh, and gives it another layer of just, you know, just something to kind of experience. And uh, and so, you know, bitters, uh, if you haven't gone out and explored, you know, there, there are definitely some tried and true. And if you were going to start your home bar, for example, there are probably three bitters that I would recommend that you have just on hand all times. And one of those, of course, is Angostura. Angostura bitters has been around for a very long time and is the tried and true for pretty much everything uh, you, uh, that calls for bitters. When they call for an aromatic bitters, they really mean Angostura. And, uh, you know, an old-fashioned, for example, Angostura is kind of the key in that. Uh, the next one is, uh, another one is is Peychaud's bitters, which uh, came out of New Orleans and has this, you know, real kind of spiciness to it, this uh, floral spiciness, if you will. That's really great, and then you have to have orange bitters uh, uh, as well because there are many cocktails that call for orange bitters. And uh, so, with those three, if you're going to start a bar, those are the three that I would would add. Um, but there there are many others, and I mean, there's so many. And you know, you can you know, experiment them. They actually sell like a like if you go on Amazon or something, they have like little tiny bottles of testers that like, and they'll sell them in like packs of five. And those are great because you just, you know, you can kind of experiment with what you like before you you know buy a whole bottle that you may not like ever. So uh, lots of different options there. Some of my favorites on top of those three, uh, cherry bitters, definitely have to have those. Black walnut bitters is something that I've really enjoyed recently, which in an old fashion is just amazing. Uh, and then there are so many other types of aromatic bitters that kind of play off of the Angostura, but aren't really Angostura, that you just kind of play around with those as well. So bitters is a really great way of you know, playing around with your cocktails and, and trying to add a level of complexity or you know give them a different taste overall. So that's my tip of the day. Get to know your bitters.
1: I agree in theory. Th- this, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, Matthew, this is not something I, I-, I just I don't do this. Like I'm almost always using Angostura. Uh, occasionally, I'll use Peychaud's or orange. You know, mm. I-, I do have lemon bitters and I do have cherry bitters. Um, but I even think I got rid of one of them because I thought I had sat there too long and I had never used it. But you yeah. know I was just recently complaining about how I feel like I'm pretty good at creating custom like new cocktails so long as they're simple but like adding those extra layers of flavors I don't do very well at and that's probably because yeah. I'm afraid of the bitters. You know. Uh-huh. You would think a bitter guy afraid. like me, a bitter guy like me would huh. love bitters. Exactly. I feel like you know these are made for you. Indeed, or at least na- named after you. Yeah, could be, probably. <laughs> I'm old enough anyway. <laughs> Oh, a, well, an excellent so, tip. Uh, maybe I'll follow this tip.
0: All right, all right. Well, and uh, I, I will say that there are a couple of different. When I say orange bitters, uh, you know, you've got your Fee Brothers is kind of the. The, the one that pretty much everyone kind of gravitates to. But I would recommend Reagan's Orange, which uh, you, you can get anywhere. But it's, uh, off, it's a little bit of a deeper orange, not quite as bright, uh, and I really like it. So uh, that's my recommendation to you on your bitters. Uh, so speaking of bitters, the cocktail that I'm bringing to the show today is an original. And I don't do too many originals, but this time I, I've been I've been I've been trying to embrace some of the tips that we've been giving over the last uh, several weeks, and one of those is what do you do with some of the liqueurs and things that you have that maybe you don't use that often? And so I was determined to create a cocktail that had Benedictine. So I originally bought. Benedictine because of a cocktail called the Vieux Carré, which uh, is bourbon and cognac, vermouth and Benedictine, and Peychaud's and Angostura bitters. And so I decided that I wanted to try and create a cocktail that was maybe reminiscent of that. Uh, So I got down into playing around with my Benedictine, and this is what I came up with. Uh, The cocktail has two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of Benedictine, a half ounce of Amaro Nonino, a quarter ounce of Demerara syrup, and two dashes of Angostura bitters, and two dashes of Peychaud's bitters, and an orange twist for garnish, and a brandied cherry, a Luxardo cherry in my case. And so you take all the, 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 the different uh, liqueurs and spirits and, you put, and your bitters and you put them all into a mixing glass with ice and you stir for 30 seconds until it's well chilled. And you strain it into a chilled Nick and Nora glass and you express the orange oils from the orange twist over the drink and you add the garnish to the glass and then plop in a Luxardo cherry. And uh, I'm calling this cocktail the Holy Schmidt. And the reason I'm calling it the Holy Schmidt is because this is a San Francisco Giants type podcast and we have a fun guy named Casey Schmidt who has captured our attention and so uh, just wanted to do that. And the holy part relates to the Benedictine because the backstory of Benedictine is that it was created uh, by monks at the Benedictine Abbey of Fecamp in Normandy, France, which actually is a bunch of BS. Uh, It didn't come from monks, but we're going to pretend that it did just so that I can name my cocktail the Holy Schmidt. You could have called it the Unholy Schmidt. Oh, my cocktail is called the Unholy Schmidt. (laughs)
1: Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> and the reason it's called the unholy Schmidt is because, yeah, the story about monks making this was BS because a guy named Alexandre de Legrand uh, in 1863 developed a recipe for an herbal liqueur helped by a local chemist from old medicinal recipes that he had acquired from a religious foundation where his one of his grandparents had held office as a fiscal prosecutor, whatever that means. And so to market it, though, he embellished a story of it having been developed by monks, and it kind of stuck. And so Benedictine is, uh, the, you, when you look at a bottle of Benedictine, it has the, the initials D-O-M on, the, on it. And that stands for Deo Optimo Maximo, to God most good, most great. And uh, total marketing ploy. Had nothing to do with actually being developed by monks. But, uh, but it's a really good liqueur. And uh, so I, I am bringing it to this cocktail today. Uh, the, the interesting part about the cocktail when I was making it was... Uh, trying to find a balance between uh, just you know the the sweetness because Benedictine can be kind of sweet, so you want to add uh, you know something to counteract that. The bourbon isn't quite as spicy, uh, so I added the Amaro Nonino, which is uh, a, a very famous uh, Amaro that is specifically called out in the Paper Plane uh, uh, cocktail. And then I went with, originally I went with a different type of syrup. I went with a cinnamon-infused uh, syrup, uh, but felt like that wasn't quite right. So I swapped it out with the Demerara. And then I did uh, play around with the bitters. And originally I went with Angostura and orange bitters. And then I tried it with Angostura and Peixades. And, you know, because the, the of the Vieux Carré has both of those, I thought that might work. And, and it did. It worked well. And so uh, that is the the genesis of the...
1: Unholy Schmidt. Wow, Matthew. There are so many good things about this recipe. Um, I, I think especially for for amateur cocktail makers because like this is exactly this is exactly how you go and you build a cocktail of your own, right? I mean, just like let's start at the end there with the with today's tip of the day ingredient, the, the bitters. Um, where you just took a pairing that you know works from a from a similar cocktail, uh, that is where you got the Benedictine idea from, right? And so, yeah, yeah. so you already kind of have a template there that you know works. So some some flavors flavors that are going to play well together, that you know that you liked because you've made it before. Um, and then and then yeah, you, you took the um, the Benedictine, which is sweet and herbal. And you paired it with something else to balance that out. Uh, typically, we pair sweet with with citrus, but obviously it pairs very well with something that's a little bit more bitter. So an Amaro is the perfect choice. And uh, and that's really what cocktail making is really about. You know, borrowing from some other things, or at least amateur cocktail building is, is about, is, is borrowing from other cocktails and then balancing these kind of, you know, very obvious and common concepts like sweetness and bitterness. Um, yeah, this is very impressive, and uh, and and then of course you know yeah you have a strong base, and who can complain about bourbon? Right. Sounds like a good cocktail.
0: I think the next the next iteration of the Unholy Schmidt, I'm going to try rye instead of the bourbon. I did try gin. Oh, okay uh, did not did did not like that it, the, the the herbalness of the gin just overpowered everything and right. it wasn't uh, wasn't quite what I was looking for uh, but I think rye if you want something a little bit more with a kick a little bit more spicy would 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 pair well as well so, yeah and, it's gonna... and you'll see that a lot of times you'll see that a lot of cocktails will say bourbon or rye right uh, and you know personal preference but I actually personally haven't tried the rye yet so I don't know but uh, I suspect it would go fine with this as right. well. right
1: I think they, they they go well because they are kind of you know different sides Of the same wave, you know, it is same or same coin. Um, different sides of the same wave. I've never heard that one. That's yeah, I was thinking of waves like in mathematics or (laughs) you know, and uh, (laughs) graphs and all that sort of stuff. And then I was like, well, well, maybe we should flip this back to the more common and uh, uh, metaphor. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, like you know, rye and bourbon, they're very they, they balance each other well. Like rye's got that spicier, like you know, kick, whereas bourbon's a little bit more mellow and sweet. Um, but, but both in a way, um, that is not going to be, um, they'll, they'll both be the wrong ingredient or they'll both be the right ingredient in so many different cases. Uh, well, that sounds like a wonderful cocktail and, and in a lot of ways is, is, is doing a lot of the same things that, that I'm doing in my cocktail today. Uh, which I right. Well,
0: what are you drinking? What is your cocktail?
1: Today, Matthew, I am drinking a cocktail called the orange Zephyr. And uh, I didn't name this cocktail. You named this cocktail. I, I, I told you I said, I want a cocktail name that's like, you know, uh summer, and and you were said, well, you know, like what about uh what about like warm San Francisco summer breeze? And I don't know how many of those are actually warm, but I was like, Oh, you know what, Matthew? That's a zephyr. And you were like, yeah. I thought that was an airship, and I'm like, no. That's a wind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, why is it called the orange? Well, one, because this is giant cocktails, right? We're we're all about the San Francisco Giants here, but also because of the ingredients. So what's in the orange zephyr? Well, the base is two ounces of apricot brandy. It's very important that this is a brandy, folks, and not a liqueur. This is a 40-proof liquor, not, uh, not a lighter liqueur. Um, to that, we, forty
0: proof or, or eighty proof?
1: Sorry, eighty proof. Eighty proof, forty percent alcohol. Correct. Thank you. Uh, and then three quarters of an ounce of creme de pêche, uh, a quarter of an ounce, a quarter of an ounce of absinthe, and half an ounce of lemon juice. You combine all of those ingredients in a shaker with ice. You shake for ten to twelve seconds, or until the metal feels chilled. To your experience level, and then you double strain that into a Nick and Nora glass, and you garnish with a lemon twist. Um, yeah, so so this is I'm I'm doing a couple I'm doing two things here, Matthew. I'm getting rid of ingredients that have been sitting in my bar, and I don't know what to do with. And that is definitely the apricot brandy, right? And okay. a little bit the creme de pêche, right? Um, I, I paired both of those together because I felt like they were good uh, good combo: oranges, apricots, and peaches. And, uh, and then I took something else that was going to be on the opposite side of that kind of fruity sweetness, which I wanted to go with something that was very strong and herbal. That's right. And, uh, I mean, nothing, absinthe. Nothing better than absinthe, right? That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and then to, to lengthen the cocktail and to balance the sweetness, um, was, I added a little bit of lemon juice as well. Uh, what I really like about this cocktail is that it's so flexible. Um, you, can do, you can go in a lot of different directions here just by changing the ratios of these, uh, of these ingredients to create very different cocktails and to find something that suits your palate. But no matter what you do, all of these variations are going to create a very fresh and delicate cocktail um, that's going to be perfect for you know, a summer evening uh, or a late summer night for that matter. And um, in this particular case, the absinthe is doing a lot of work. A quarter of an ounce is is kind of a lot. Um, Yeah, yeah. You could definitely pull back on that uh, without making too many other changes to the cocktail itself. Um, It is also a bit strong at two ounces of the apricot brandy. But what I was doing there was I didn't want to add too much of the creme de peche because I got a little too sweet. Mm. And I was starting to run into that same problem that we've been talking about kind of like... The last few weeks, which is it was starting to become a little too low on volume, right? So I right, really yep. needed the apricot brandy and the creme de pêche um, to do to, to provide a lot of the volume here, um, along with the the ice and um because i'm really not a big fan of sour cocktails of overly sour cocktails and so i didn't want the citrus to be providing a significant amount of volume and so so that was kind of my my struggle with this cocktail but at these ratios it is a um definitely an absinthe forward but not overpowering uh not to the point where i dislike this cocktail because quite honestly absinthe is not my favorite flavor right but I think when it's in a well balanced cocktail, um, it provides just the kind of right notes um, and works well, plays well with others. Yeah, you know. Oh, it definitely
0: adds a kind of a, a, a note that nothing else can give it. Right? It's definitely something where you're you're expecting the sweetness from the brandy and the and the creme de pêche, mm-hmm. and then and then there's something to counterbalance that. Exactly. And that absinthe
1: does that a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, the, just, just, I just want to quickly talk about the, the particular apricot brandy that I am using here is a bottle called, um, well, I don't, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. It is Bloom, Maryland, B-L-U-M-E-M-A-R-I-L-E-N, sorry, I-L-L-E-N. I'll put this in the show notes. I'll, I'll put it in the, um. In the, in the recipe instead of, um, instead of, or alongside the, the apricot brandy entry. Um, and it's an apricot you, the, V. uh, and then it says like, it's a particular kind of apricot. And this is a really long word that I'm not even going to spell or try to pronounce. Um, but it's like, well, actually maybe, maybe this will be fun. Osterreichischer Merrillinen brand brandy. And it's from Austria. Yeah,
0: you know, all those years taking Spanish, and then you know, all and then what? What we could do to like pronounce French words and German words? Or, our, yeah, our, well, our French,
1: French or German? Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe we just need to focus more on on Spanish and Italian uh, liqueurs, Matthew, for our for our show. Anyway, there you have it. That is the orange zephyr. Well,
0: I the the zephyr the orange zephyr. A warm summer breeze. It definitely, I think, is an afternoon name for that. Uh, I think that sounds like a really summery kind of. Uh, uh, I mean, just looking at it, it actually looks like a very light and and fresh and
1: summery drink. Uh, it is. And, it is know, very good. This is actually one of my one of my um, favorite creations that I've made. I really liked the la- the one that I did last week as well, the, uh, the red-headed farmer, but uh, I think this one's actually better. And um, you can have two or three of these over the course of an evening. And, and, yeah, you can. And not regret your choices. <laughs> not regret your choices. Well, folks, there you have it. The Holy Schmidt and the Orange Zephyr two uh, good um, San Francisco Giants and summer cocktails for you guys to try out. Um, we want to thank you all for for joining us today, uh, as um, and we really do appreciate it. Um, if you want to talk to us and interact with us, please feel free to do so on uh, the social media of your choice, as long as it's Instagram, Twitter, or Mastodon, because those are the only places that we really pay attention. And by we, I mean Matthew. Um, right. And it's always fun to hang out with you guys and uh, and, and banter with you. I, I, I do kind of lurk in the background and, and read about the things you say about me and chuckle. Uh, so, you know, keep that up. And uh, also, yeah, if you can, uh, tell your friends about us and uh, and leave a review in, uh, in Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. Uh, so on that note, happy Thursday, everybody. I hope your long weekend a few days ago was a good one. And uh, on that note, Matthew, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.